Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. I am Denver Post beat writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran and we are talking about the Broncos. The Broncos who just of course got their first win on Sunday in Carson, California against the Chargers 2013. Now the big question, Ryan, can the Broncos build off this and get some momentum going here into the Titans game? Well, it's, it's from the Broncos' perspective, it's a better question to ask than the alternative, which would have been, when the hell are you going to win a game? How bad is 0-5? How terrible are you guys? So the Franchise worst yeah, ever. Would have been, yeah, they avoided that. They avoided infamy. It's still tied for the franchise worst start at 1-4. and four. But, you know, the, you know the, the script flips now a little bit. Not not anything grandiose or anything like, hey, can this team get our role? But can you show against Tennessee that what you did against the Chargers uh, can carry over and you know as Vic Fangio said on Sunday and he reiterated today you know it's uh it always makes the next couple of days better so if you're watching tape of your mistakes at least you can say hey that was during a win maybe you'll know, just focus you got focus those guys and say hey there are still a lot of things to fix but at least you can uh you'll work on those corrections after a win Another bright spot, Philip Lindsay, of course, and a fourth 100-yard game, sparking him down the stretch. And when the Broncos needed to run the ball at the end to ice the game, Lindsay getting a couple huge runs on their last drive. Yeah, that 32, 32-yarder flipped the field position, and that was key because it allowed them to add that insurance field goal and also run out a lot of the clock time. And you know, and Vic said afterwards, "Hey, you know, I don't regret being conservative." Or, well, you shouldn't. That's what he should have done. Is hey, take the three leave as little time as possible left for the Chargers. So the thing about Lindsey that popped out to me was yards per carry, 7.6. That's his wheelhouse. That's how he made the Pro Bowl last year. He finally got over to that 100-yard mark. Uh, but, you know, you, you were in the Philip Lindsey press conference after the game on Sunday. What, what were some of, his, some of his thoughts? Well, he, you know, obviously deflected credit to his offensive line, as he always does, the, the humble native uh, as he is. But he also, you know, reading the tea leaves, he basically said, you know, when it's when it's my time to get hot, I got to get hot. Today I got hot for the team. I have a feeling they're going to need a lot more of, like you said, that sort of Philip Lindsay, the seven plus yards per carry threat out of the backfield as well. Um, interesting debate up on Denver Post Broncos right now, actually between you and Kiz. Should the Broncos offense run through Lindsay or Flacco? Uh, and there's a case get to me to be made for both. The case for Lindsay right now, him and Freeman are two of your best weapons. And it keeps your defense off the field. They can they can be effective as runners and receivers. You know, Royce Freeman played more snaps than Philip Lindsay did the other day, 33 to 28. Even though Lindsay had a lot more production, they really like what Royce brings, and they should. I think he's done a nice job so far. As for Flacco, I mean, this is a passing league. He's there's going to be games where he's going to have to throw 40 times, but this offense should go through players like Lindsay, Cortland Sutton at receiver, maybe even a little bit more Noah Fant because the Chargers sort of neutralized Sanders and Fant in particular on Sunday. But, you know, I think the, the gist of our debate with kids was, you know, and I agree with Lindsay, if, if he, if he storms out of the gate in a game, ride him because he can handle the work. I mean, it was a fluke hit that injured him last year. He made it through the entire season before then. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think, you know, I think yesterday proved the glimpse that say, Hey, if the run game's cooking, stick with Phillip. And you mentioned Cortland Sutton, 70-yard pass reception from Joe Flacco yesterday to really spark the Broncos, get them up 14-0 early. Uh, again, this is the First in Orange podcast. Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran out here at the Broncos practice facility in Dove Valley. Uh, so looking forward here, 
defensive depth, especially in the secondary. Bosby went out with a neck injury on Sunday against the Chargers, carted off. Uh, Vic said, you know, they're still evaluating him. He's obviously not going to play this week. What do they got to do there to shore that up? We saw Dawson play quite a bit. Uh, how do they shore that up? Oh, with you know Chris yeah. Chris Harris Jr. obviously getting it done. Yeah, I mean they're, they're running out of bodies, right. and you know Bosby wasn't an All Pro, but he was at least holding down that spot a little bit. And he was around the football. Okay, he's out indefinitely. They they went to Isaac Yadam, who struggled against Oakland in Week One, was down to one snap on defense against Jacksonville. He had two penalties in the second quarter on the same drive. That was it for him. Got him out of there. Devontae Harris, who just joined the team on Labor Day weekend from Cincinnati, they went right after him. He had a, you know, a pass interference penalty of over, it was probably 30 yards, but also you know, tackled okay. He's the next man up. I mean, at some point you do have to think about signing a body to play special teams because if these guys play more on defense, they're probably going to play less on special teams. Duke Dawson doesn't do it for me right now. Um, you know, he just... To me, he played a lot of snaps. They're giving him a shot as the nickel. They're giving him a shot at the nickel right now out of necessity. So uh, what, what interests me about Fangio moving forward is he had a couple snaps yesterday with seven DBs on the field. He had a lot of snaps in dime, which is six DBs. I wonder if he maybe goes to dime to give some of those corners a little help in the form of a safety, play a little bit more cover two, and let that pass rush try and get there. So, you know, if you stick on defense, like one of the bright spots yesterday was Mike Purcell, Highlands Ranch native, played in the opener, was a healthy scratch. Uh, what, what, what was Vic's insight on whether Purcell will continue? It seems, reading the tea leaves once again, Ryan, that Purcell's going to get a shot going forward here, you know, a starting shot on that defensive line. Gotts has perhaps taken a little bit of a backseat. Now, of course, Vic did leave some some room, wiggle room there, you know, saying that it'll d- kind of depend, but he really likes uh, what Purcell obviously does a- against the run. He'd like to see him get a little more pass rush and, and round out that game, but it seems like the hometown kid is, is going to get a shot on the line here. Yeah, I mean, you don't mess with a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, so I think this will continue against Tennessee. And the ripple effect of playing Mike at nose tackle is it moves Shelby Harris to defensive end, which is probably his better position in a 3-4 front. He was really active as a, as a pass rusher against the Chargers and had some stops in the run game. So I think that makes him a little more stouter up front, which is what they need to do after that run game against Jacksonville just you know blew, blew their doors off. So, you know, God says the other thing about Adam, though, he wasn't producing. He wasn't doing all yeah, a lot of missed tackles yeah. against Jacksonville. So, I mean, I think that made that move made sense. You know, and, and it shows you, hey, you're not, you know, Vic's not going to just keep pounding his head against the wall. You got to try something different. That worked. You know, with with Alexander Johnson. You know, if Jewel is out, I would expect you know Johnson to continue in that role, but not totally replace Josie when he comes back from the hamstring. So, you know, on defense, they didn't allow a touchdown. But they had a lot of penalties, and you know they tackled better. I only had them with one missed tackle, but no sacks. So I think this is going to be a constant churn of okay, fit and see if you can fit some square pegs into some round holes because that's what you got on the roster right now. Hey, and Ryan, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention another bright spot. Obviously, Kareem Jackson coming back from that hamstring injury, game high ten tackles, had the forced fumble at the end of the half on Eckler as he tried to stretch for the goal line to uh, really put the Chargers get the Chargers on the board and give them some momentum instead. Broncos take all that momentum into the half and uh, Cream Jackson continued to play well into the second half so good to see him back and, and Vic Fangio very insistent that he wants Jackson to play safety. Yeah he was their best player on defense yesterday Cream was and I think 
you know, they signed him in March to play safety. And they said, well, he can play nickel if he needs to. That's because Chris Harris wasn't here yet. So, you know, they didn't give him a lot of work in camp at that spot. So it was a little bit of an adjustment. Safety, he can read and react. He can still run pretty well as you saw in that goal line play. So I, I, I think that will benefit the defense. And I, I thought Will Parks did a nice job. His role was reduced yesterday, but he still played about 20 snaps, had a couple tackles in the pass game. So I think if you have a you know, trio of safeties with Simmons, Jackson, and Parks, if you have three safeties like that, uh, it does give you some options. And really, if they don't feel good about their corner depth, they may play three safeties and nickel again. So uh, it'd be a constant, you know, reading of the tea leaves as you said to see who who fits where on sunday against the titans and first in orange that's ryan o'halloran i'm kyle newman and one final thing before we uh dip out on this segment i mean ryan what, what is does broncos country should they have some some maybe um far off optimism that somehow the broncos have a historic turnaround in them obviously just one team has made the playoffs after starting 0 four that was chargers in the early 90s does this team have that kind of turnaround in them? And, hey, KC losing to the Colts last night on Sunday Night Football, so all of a sudden the divi- division is just a tad interesting, right? Yeah, and you know, I talked to one veteran on uh, after the game on Sunday. I was like, okay, are you excited or are you relieved? He's like, I'm not excited but because it's just one. I mean, there's a long way to go. I mean, they got to win three straight just to get to 500. That's at the halfway point of the season, so you're starting 0-0, zero zero, so... It's one of those things where the Chargers win will mean a lot if they beat the Titans. If they lose the Titans, then it doesn't mean anything other than the, they're avoiding an offer because then you have Kansas City coming here on a short week. But if you can beat Tennessee, then you got some momentum going into a short week next week against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was dinged up last night. I mean, you know, if you can win two in a row, then you can honestly say, hey, you got some momentum, you got something going. But that just makes this next one even bigger. And folks, Ryan O'Halloran and Kyle Newman on the First in Orange podcast. Appreciate you listening in. Head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the club. And until next time, folks, take it easy.